Welcome into another episode of We're Talking Tonight. Craig Malonsaw and Jay Walker, voice of the Cajuns. Jay, how are you this evening? I, I'm doing good, but it's been almost a month since you've had me on a podcast. What's up with that? Why you hate Jay? Well, as they say, let me count the ways. <laughs> it, our, our schedules just haven't quite linked. No, that, I'll tell you, those midweek games are just just threw a, a monkey wrench and everything. And I know you went out of town for a while and everything, but we're having a bourbon tonight. Yes, we we're are. We're having, having a couple. Birthday bourbon, actually. Birthday bourbon. So our first bourbon tonight, for those that want to know, because I know that's what most of you tuned in for, and we're going to say what the second and third one is. Until, until after we drink it. Yeah, well, after we have some, too. But our first one is Old Forester Birthday Bourbon, 2015 edition. A 12-year-old bourbon that is 100 proof. I'm telling you, I love this stuff. I was I was really impressed because what we're doing is Craig's having me try this bourbon, not telling me what it is until after after I've had it. And I noticed a little sweetness on the palate right away before it before it became a bourbon. Right. Yes. Uh, and I thought it was very, very smooth. Um, just a just a tad of a bite to it. But I really liked the way it hit the palate to start with. I think, to me, it's very surprising that, A, it's as smooth as it is being a 12-year-old bourbon and being a 100-proof bourbon. Right, right. That's what's a little... But we talked off air. I don't think we've had any bad Old Forester bourbon, period. No, I, you know, I've tried, uh, gosh, three or four of them. I like the Statesman a lot. Yes. Um, but, no, I, you know... If I'm just going down and I see a bottle of Old Forester and not, you know, not the the base, but anything else that I haven't had, I said, well, I'm, I'm going to try it because I know it's going to be good. Well, the Bottle and Bond one is uh, 100 proof because it's Bottle and Bond, duh. Uh, four-year-old, I don't think it's any more than four-year-old. It has to be at least four, but I don't think this particular one is. But, uh, you know, right at $48, it's... To me, it's 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 a great value and it's very good. I'm Talking not, about the Statesman? Uh, no, the Bottle and Bond, the kind of greenish label, which okay. almost which almost gives it a, a hint. It's not quite the green of their Old Forester Rye, but it's got that slight green tint. Not quite a lime green, but not quite a real green. Bluish green? I don't know. Got it. I'm probably colorblind. I mean, I keep telling Art to grab the the red pliers, and he goes, "They're orange. They're not red." I'm like, "They're red to me, son of a bitch." Well, so, how about that? But yeah, a twelve-year-old bourbon, most excellent choice. If you guys can find it, highly recommend it. It's not. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. Don't pay over uh, two hundred dollars for it. I bought these in two thousand fifteen, and they uh, they were about one hundred and thirty dollars a piece. So, uh, don't spend a lot of money. There, there are other bourbons. There, there, other bourbons that are just as good in the Old Forester line, which I would totally encourage. But the, but this happened to be birthday bourbon, and I just had a birthday, so we had to have it. So Exactly, and that is why I brought it out. The last time I brought it out was when my friend Chad had a birthday a couple... Shit, it's been a couple months ago, so... And I think Art and I might have had it for his birthday, too, so... For those that don't know, Art is the one who uh, runs the Acadiana Religious Store. Uh-huh. Shop there for all your Acadiana religious needs. Not only a religious store, though. It's lots of Cajun's paraphernalia there and getting more in all the time. So if you're looking for Cajun, not gear necessarily, but some coasters or things like that, something for mom or dad for Christmas or for a son, go check out Acadiana Religious Store in the South College Park Shopping Center. Is that correct? (laughs) 
Art and I are going to, uh, are going to record a commercial one day because I never. It's over where the old Lafayette Lanes were. Okay, that's the South College Center. Okay, so, uh, but check out it there. Art is helping me remodel, or I shouldn't say remodel, actually helping me build the inside of the. You know, the I, I told Art. Uh, yeah, you told him. How are you putting up with that son of a bitch? Basically, no, no, no. no. I no, I didn't. I, no, actually, what I did was a couple of games ago, I, I saw him and I said, you know, you do a really good job spotting because he spots for Tuna, the, the PA yep. announcer. And I think Art does a pretty credible job. He does. Um, now, he's not you, but I haven't seen you this year, so it doesn't matter. You'll see me in two weeks or about 10 days, whatever it is now. In, in when Liberty. we go to Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. I wonder when we go, are we going to find Limu Emu? I hope not. That I, or or Doug. You know, the thing about those commercials is I understand. I mean, but when you watch as much ESPN Plus or things like that. And you see those commercials. Over oh and God. over and over. E-boo, now, we'll say Doug. the one with the helicopter. Thing, we're not buying you a helicopter. is pretty funny. Yep. And it's time for me. Have you started on your second I'm, one yet? I'm about to have my Is first sip. Is that the sip. one that says Grand Monnier? That, but we are not drinking Grand Monnier. Correct. I, I had, it, those were free from uh, Albertsons a couple Christmases ago. And it's good to split up the bourbons because then you know which glass to tell somebody. All right. So I'm starting on the second one right now. But we're going to get in. Listen, no one's here. I, I'm lying. Everyone's here for the bourbon talk. But we're not smashed tonight. And we're not getting smashed tonight. Yet. No, we're not. Jay is leaving for a trip tomorrow for we, Southern Miss. We we haven't properly celebrated my birthday yet. And you know what? I didn't overdo it on my birthday over the weekend. Well, whose fault is that? Mine. All right, then. Mine. Had a few, uh, had a few old fashions. I um, will tell you that I overdid it for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are a couple of friends that know the text, and they can tell you, yeah, he overdid it. I had a, uh, I had a, I brought a half gallon of Buffalo Trace uh, with me to my daughter's house. Excellent choice. And um, my cousin, who, who likes a good bourbon, um, now she's small in stature, so she doesn't drink very much because doesn't take very much. Um, Hasn't stopped us. That's right. <laughs> but uh, but she likes a good old fashioned, and so do I. And so I, I, I made old fashions uh, throughout the weekend, and we drank, between the two of us, about half of the half gallon. Well, I can tell you, the Buffalo Trace is a perfect thing to take to a party because it's a good sipping bourbon, but it's also, you don't mind somebody taking and pouring it for a mixer that, that's going to grab your bottle of E.H. Taylor single barrel, and you're going like, stop! Exactly, exactly. So, all right. Let's talk basketball. All right, let's let's take a sip out of this glass. All right, let's take a sip. Give me your first impression there. The silence is you hear, the silence that you hear is brought to you by the sipping sounds of much bourbon. different finish than the first one. Definitely. It is a I will say a different type. Okay. It, it is a bourbon. Okay. It is a whiskey, but it is a different type. Again, I will say it's kind of. Okay. I don't want to get too much of it away yet. Well, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to sit here and guess what it is. No, okay? no, no. But what we're we're gonna let's but talk. Did, but it does have a different finish. Let's talk basketball. We'll take a couple sips as we're talking basketball. Okay. And before right. we end this segment, we'll come. We'll uh, 
We'll reveal talk about what, what it is. We'll reveal exactly what it is. So, all right. Basketball last night. I know. Uh, first, let me say this: if if you, it hasn't been posted yet. It'll probably be posted before you, you hear our podcast. If you're listening now, but go listen to Dr. Maggart's interview with Jay about basketball scheduling. I think it says a lot. Uh, someone who's not necessarily been involved with it, but knew a lot about it. It was very enlightening to me, and I think people will be enlightened there. So, West Florida was not, let's just say, it was not, not even the bottom of a conference USA team. They, they weren't They're a, a Division good. II team. Right. They are what they are. But, that setting that aside, let's talk about what the Cajuns did. What did you, well, you see? Well, first of all, you don't have to look at the opponent in order to get an idea of what your basketball team is. You know, you can get caught up in statistics because a lot of times statistics get skewed because of the quality of the opponent. But if you just go ahead and, and watch it, watch your team play and just watch the individual um, abilities that these guys have I think you can make somewhat of a judgment about what you're seeing. You don't have to wait for them to play somebody just like them. Um, I, I found it interesting, and I mentioned it to Coach after the game last night, that he gave Kentrell Garnett a start. Now, he's a second-year walk-on, and he was in the starting lineup. Now, I know, after working with Coach for so many times, hearing him say it as many times, he'll reward guys who practice well. And he talked about how, how well Kentrell had practiced, but he also said, look, he can shoot it, he can guard, he plays hard, he, he plays within himself, and um, you know he, he scored a career-high 10 points uh, in the game last night. Greg Williams, who's supposed to be the shooter, he's going to be the guy who's going to fill it up from three, only took one shot. Now, with exception of Jordan Brown, nobody played more than 18 minutes. Um, I will say this. Jordan Brown plays the power forward. Okay, He's not playing the post. Theo's playing the post. But those two guys at 6'11 give you quite a one-two punch. Jordan Brown's got a beautiful body for basketball at 6'11. And he's skilled. He can hit the 17-foot jumper. He can, he can defend. He can block shots. He can rebound. He's a good passer. Um, very impressed by him. Theo's Theo. I mean, we know we know what you got with that. Kobe Julian's so good. You know, it's it just it's heartbreaking what this kid has had to go through, and the skill set that he has. Here's a kid that is a fourth year freshman, and he can ball. He's a good player. I like the guys that came off the bench. I think uh, Jaden Dalcourt from Lafayette High. Um, you know, he's a guy who's going to be able to shoot. Didn't shoot it very well last night, but you can tell he's got good form. He's going to make a share of baskets. Antoine Jones can back up at the three spot, and, and he's a six-six guy that could play the off guard if you needed him to. Uh, but he kind of glides up and down the court. Of course, we know you know what you're getting with Dugay, um, and. You know, Ty Harper didn't play very much. Here's a guy who was starting at the end of the year, and, he, and now he's toward the end of the bench. 
which gives you an idea of the upgrade, I think, in uh, talent level, especially from a depth standpoint. Michael Thomas and Trajan Wesley. Um, you know, Thomas was playing ahead of Wesley last night. Don't know if that'll continue that way or not. Uh, and we got a glimpse of uh, Carter Domingue and Joe Charles. Um, this is a deep basketball team. They've got some good individual talent. Um, you know, obviously, how well they play together as a team is going to have an awful lot to do with everything. Bob said before the game he loves the chemistry of this team. There's talent there. Um, I don't know that they're going to win 27 games like the, the 2018 team did. That team had a ton of intangibles that were really good. But I'm going to say this. This team's every bit maybe even more talented I than agree. that team. I, I think it's yet to be proven. I think a little bit more talented and I think possibly a little bit deeper. And and that was a pretty that was a pretty good team as as, as we both know you know I made I think thirty of the thirty one basketball games that year. Uh, Jordan Brown is is I mean we talked about it off it's just is from when he made his visit here his senior year of prep school I guess I don't know if it was high school if he went from high school to prep school or what I mean his body has developed so much and looks I mean just. It's scary. It's scary. And you know, you know what else I like about this? You got a couple of heritage guys, okay? You've got Kobe Julian, whose dad was Wayne, or is Wayne. And you've got Jordan Brown, whose dad is Dion. Both very respected players. Dion Brown is, is in the Hall of Fame. Um, and then you've got local kids like Greg Williams. Jalen Dalcourt, Carter Domingue, Joe Charles. So you've got five, four guys from Lafayette Parish, plus two guys who are heritage guys that might as well be from Lafayette Parish. So there's a local flavor on this team that I think fans are really, really going to enjoy because I think they're going to be able to relate to them. These are our guys. Well, talk a little bit about that because you told me that it was very, it was interesting or good, or I'm not, I'm not sure. Your description of, of, the, of, the, of the little pockets. When, when, yeah, when, when you know, one of the local guys did something, there was a pocket of fans that were, that were into it. And you know, those guys got a little bit bigger ovation when they came out of the game. And when they got off the bench to go in, you could get a smattering of applause there. I, I, I think that, that I'm, I'm not, I don't buy into, well, you have local kids, so more people are going to come. I, 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 I don't I buy agree. into that. But winning solves that. Yes, but but the the reaction, you know, can you imagine a kid like Jalen Dalcourt? Okay, he's a Lafayette High kid, goes to a junior college, then he goes to San Jose State. Well, now he's playing at home again, and he's been gone for a couple of years. You th you think that kid wasn't excited to get on the Cajun Dome floor last night? I I like that part of it. I I like the fact. That there's a flair here that fans are going to be able to relate to and the kids are going to be able to relate to as well. The only thing I will say, which uh, and I'm not going to use the word trouble, I mean, I'm going to say the word troubling, but that's not what I mean. The only thing that, and it's obviously it's the first game, it's way too early to make statements like this, but I'm still looking for the point guard who's going to run the point and making sure that we've got a point guard that can. Well, Right now, 
Right now, Greg Williams is your point guard. Okay. Okay, he's going to run the show. But you do have a couple of pure point guards playing behind him in Michael Thomas and Trajan Wesley. And at some point in time, you're going to get Bray and A.U. back. Yep. Um, so, I, I, you know, you don't have insert name of your favorite point guard here. You don't have a KJ. Yeah. All right? Uh, you don't have a, uh, a Jay Wright. Yeah. You don't have anybody like that. But but you got guys, look, with exception of KJ, I don't remember Jesse Evans really having a true point guard. You know, Brad Boyd played the, the point, and the, he was a combo guard. Blaine Harmon was a combo guard. And those were the guys who ran the point most of the time while Jesse was there. And then, of course, he had KJ for a few years. Well, let's go even back, I mean, to, to a little less history, 2014. Elford wasn't what I would call a pure point guard either. I mean, because he was doing so much more. Now, he is a point guard in the NBA right. and doing that. And he is a great ball handler, in my opinion, and can dish the ball. But he was asked to do so much more than just be a point guard. Yes. So, but part of that was uh, 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 Shepard. Casey Shepard being hurt too at the end of the season. Sure, which I think I think that team wins that game against. Uh, you know, I the one thing I said to coach before the game, I said you've got a lot of talent and you've got a lot of depth, but you only have two hundred minutes. Yeah. Now, he said that the goal is for these guys to be good enough to where nobody has to play more than twenty five minutes a game, to where you can go ahead. And when the, the guys who are playing 36 minutes a game are starting to suck wind, you got fresh bodies. Yeah. And, and he, you know, he's hoping that the team will be versatile enough to do that. And at the same time, if you've got an eight- or a nine-man rotation that are, that are playing those minutes, that's okay, too. Well, I think you've got a lot of guys that can go from one to two, two to three, three to four, four to five. So you're not... So when you look at an eight-man or a nine-man rotation, you've got enough versatility there that it doesn't matter who's on the court. Somebody can play somewhere. I made Duguay laugh last night. Oh, do that, it. that's hard to do. Uh, yeah, that. right, right. He uh, he didn't start, okay? We were in a commercial break when he went to check in, and I took off my headphones, and I said, Kanichiwa! <laughs> and, and he looked over, and he started laughing. He just thought that was funny. Oh, I... I Quick story. I told I, my my godchild called me one day and I said Kanichiwa, and he goes, uh, and I said you know what that means, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, he said I saw Pocahontas. I said, oh, Lord. I said maybe Mulan. And it's not even Mulan, you moron. I love the kids, but I saw Pocahontas. Jesus. So we're about to take our break. Let's talk about this. Uh, our our bourbon number two. Thoughts? Um, I like it. You know, this other one was 100 proof. This almost tastes like it's a little bit more than that. It's actually 100 proof also. Okay. It's right. a bottle and bond, but it's not a four-year-old bottle and bond. It's a 13-year-old bottle. Oh, goodness. So that's probably where you're getting the higher proof from. Right. Even though it's 100 proof, the, the, the age is going to give it a little bit more. The difference is that it's a Tennessee whiskey, which is still classified as a bourbon but it has an extra step to it with the charcoal mellowing. Okay. And all the other steps are exactly the same. Is that where the finish came from? That's where your finish okay. comes from, and that's kind of where you get that maple syrup yeah. kind of right. taste to it. I don't know that I pour this on my pancakes. No, but, uh, yeah. no, but it, it gives it a little different. 
It, it, uh, but it's a 13-year-old. It's a George Dickel bottle and bond. It's a 13-year-old bourbon. It's about $48, $49 a bottle. And you know what? Now that you say it, I'm going, yes, this tastes like a George Dickel, okay? Do you remember? Hell, I don't remember where we were. It was if we were there, we were drinking. Uh, well, no, no, we were we were in a liquor store buying. Oh, and do you remember a guy said, "Oh, it's happy hour, and right now, so I'm selling these bourbons at twenty percent off or yeah. whatever." And I got a bottle of George Dickel for like yeah. ten bucks. That was that was on our way to the Mississippi State baseball game that three falls ago or two falls ago. We stopped somewhere. Yeah, there and you it, go. Was, it, it was right outside of. Uh, and now that I'm catching that finish, that's what yes. George Dickel tastes like. But this is a better George Dickel yes, than it you is. bought. Yeah, I mean, that, that other one was the base thing, and it was about 10 bucks. Yeah, we stopped just outside of Jackson, Mississippi. We stopped at three liquor stores along the way. We stopped right before. We actually went out of the way before we got to Starkville and then uh, stopped at two more liquor stores. And he goes, Yeah, 20% off today, guys, if you want it. You know, it's happy hour. Yeah, happy hour. So we bought it. So we had a couple of drinks that night, that <laughs> that bought that trip. So, all right, we're going to take our commercial break right now. We're going to be coming back uh, with uh, with talk some raging Cajun football. Maybe uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We're gonna we've got one more bourbon to give a shot here, and we'll give you an update on that. You're listening. To we're talking tonight, Craig Malonso and Jay Walker on the podcast. I was gonna say I was gonna say some stupid radio thing. It didn't work. We're back in. We're talking tonight. Craig Malonso on Jay Walker. We're on uh, Bourbon Number Three, and I should have said that beforehand. No, no I'm I still on Bourbon Number Two. Okay, well, uh, he's trying to make me look like the drunk tonight. Normally, I'm the sober guy on the show. Yeah, said <laughs> I, no one ever. But uh, had some wings earlier, so that helped. I had to eat. I ate the tonight. wings were good. Thank you. Smoked with some pecan wood by chance. If you get an opportunity, go by Albertsons out in front of Albertsons. They've got a sack of pecan wood that is great for smoking. It's excellent. I'm actually anxious. I, I took an that comes in split logs, and I took it on my bandsaw and cut several pieces off. I'm anxious to see tomorrow how much of it was actually used during the smoking. Uh, so, thank you. I, I'm getting better with the, the cooking of the wings. Uh, so, I need to figure out. Again, we talked about it. Uh, I need a rub, but I want to. I don't want a Tony Sasher. They did cut the party. I yeah. just tell them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I do need a rub, but no, it's not going to be. It's not going to be here, and it's not going to be tonight. But that's a whole other story. But I'm looking for a wing rub that is uh, that's not Tony Sasher, but doesn't have all the salt. I mean, just I find all the ones I'm finding in the store, you know, too much salt. Too much salt, and yeah. I just. Uh, it's just horrible, but uh, it is what it is. Right. So we're on to bourbon. I'm on to bourbon number three. Jay is sipping, taking his time, which is unusual. I'm. I'm uh, I just finished bourbon number two. So we're going to get to not bourbon number three in between uh, this first segment here. Right now, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit of conference realignment. Then we'll get into Cajun football this weekend at Troy, and in between, we'll discuss the third bourbon. This is the way we get you guys to stick around because we know you're really here for the bourbon talk. And one day we'll just do a whole show on bourbon. And uh, Yeah, and Craig will talk about it and I'll drink it. Hey, it is what it is. We're going to have our, my, my bourbon group on. 
and we're going to have some of the guys over from Raging Pagan and do a little tasting. We'll have the microphones in front of them, give everybody a shot because they they wanted to know. Some of the guys asked me, said, "All right, so do you, you know when we when we take when we took our break, they go, do you like just stop and come back in or or do you do you you know you guys bullshit or what?" I said, "Well, there, there are times honestly that." We probably talked for like an hour and drank for an hour. And then when we came back on, it was like, what is there to talk about? We've been talking for an hour without the microphone <laughs> on. <laughs> but no. All right, conference realignment. Everybody, let's start out with the big news today, I guess, uh, coming out of uh, Middle Tennessee, not joining the the MAC. What does that do for Conference USA and Western Kentucky? Well, I, you know, let's split hairs for just a minute. Middle Tennessee announced today that they're going to remain in Conference USA. Yes. I don't think the word Mid-America Conference ever came up. Um, well, it means two things. I mean, first of all, it probably means that Western Kentucky is going to remain also. You know, I think the MAC was entertaining taking both of them, but I don't think they're going to entertain taking just one. Secondly, I get it because while Western Kentucky, from a geographic standpoint and the fact that that you know, regardless of anything, they are still considered by many to be a basketball school. I, I think because of that, they kind of fit the MAC. I think they like the MAC. And while trips to northern Michigan may not be, you know, ideal, you know, some of those Ohio teams that play pretty good basketball, it's not all that far a trip for Western fans. So I think that I, I do remember in 2005 – when there are a lot of people at Western that thought it was a done deal, they were going to the MAC. And I remember talking to uh, to a friend, and and uh, and she said, "Of course, you know, going going to the MAC that's a done deal." And I said, "No, it's not. You don't have the votes." And sure enough, they didn't. Um, so I think what it means is that Western's going to wind up staying. Also, I think the MAC would like to have Western. But they're not going to take just Western. They're not going to go to 13 teams. Right. So that's my prediction, at least. And what that's going to do for Conference USA is that's going to fill in a little bit of the travel, uh, horrendous travel that they had. Because you're going to have folks now between Ruston, Louisiana, and um, Lynchburg, Virginia. You know, you're going to have a couple of teams there with Middle and Western. So it's going to help the travel situation a little bit. And also, you know, if you look, all right, you've got five teams that are remaining from the old Conference USA, Western and Middle, plus UTEP, Louisiana Tech, and FIU. Now you're adding Liberty. And Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. No. And you're adding New Mexico State. And then, and, and then you're going to add two FCS call-ups. Well, okay, Sam Houston has traditionally been a very competitive team in the Southland Conference. They're not going to embarrass themselves in the basketball court. I don't know much about Jacksonville State and what they've done in the Ohio Valley. Yeah. So from a basketball standpoint, you're going to have UTEP, which has been down but has great tradition. New Mexico State, who's good. Louisiana Tech is good. Western Kentucky's good. Middle has fallen off, but they've been, at one point, they were like the gold standard yep. in Conference USA. Liberty is good in basketball. So that's going to be a pretty good basketball league. And 
while you sit there and snicker about Sam Houston and Jacksonville State, let me tell you something. The folks at Conference USA laughed when we were adding Appalachian State and Georgia Southern and Coastal Carolina. Conference USA is going to be fine. They're going to oh, be I fine. Um, th there is no cure for the ridiculous, some of the ridiculous travel they're going to have because they still got to send all their teams out to Las Cruces and El Paso. They still have to send their teams to Miami. Um, and, and so travel costs are going to be big. But don't think for a minute that's not going to be a competitive league because it is. What does this do for someone like Missouri State now that Western and Middle are? Do you think they're in play now, or do you still no. think that they, they, don't, no. they don't want to do it? No. They, they, I think they made it pretty clear they weren't interested at this time in moving up. So I think they're going to go with nine. Um, it's not a perfect number, but it's an okay number. Can you bring UConn in for football only? You could. Um, I think UMass is more interested than UConn is. Yeah. But, yeah, you could bring one of them in and get to 10. Um, so I think Coos is going to be okay. They're not going to be as powerful as the Sun Belt, but I think they're going to be all right. Let's move on. To, before, before we talk about the new teams that are coming into the Sun Belt, though, what does this mean? Is, and I know the Sun Belt is not going to kick UTA and Little Rock out. But what does this mean for them? Are they still looking for a new home? Or do you think that everybody's happy with 16 teams in a basketball league? I don't think anybody's happy with that. Okay. All right. I do believe that it's been suggested that they look for something else. And at the same time, I do not think that the Sun Belt is going to put a time limit on that. Uh, I think that... that Little Rock has been in this league for 30 years. And I think that Little Rock and UTA have not embarrassed themselves on the athletic field. You know, UTA hasn't won a basketball championship, but they've been good. Yeah. Uh, Little Rock's won a couple of championships. And a couple of games in the tournament. And 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 they Four also and, and neither team at one time Little Rock was a um was a whipping boy in baseball, but they're not anymore, and UTA's always been competitive. So when you talk about Olympic sports, UTA and Little Rock still bring something to the table. 16's not ideal. I don't think they want to remain at 16, but I also don't think they're going to be pushing anybody out the door. Well, from, from, from a personal standpoint, I've enjoyed the trip to Little Rock, and I've, been sure. I've enjoyed the trip to Arlington. Those are two good places that... that, that Quite honestly, that we've drank some pretty good bourbon together and had some chicken wings at a at a place where I talked about the devil and and what he likes to do, but that was a, a long time ago. And uh, but you know it, it's I would hate to see them leave, but at the same time, I think sixteen when you get down to it, yeah. You, I you know I, I I just think that non football members kind of stick out like a sore thumb a little bit and so i i think that they need to find themselves another home but again i don't think the sun belt's going to push them out the door it's uh, guys do your diligence find what's right for you go find something but in the meantime you're a member in good standing here didn't little rock win a game in the basketball tournament a couple years back yeah or, okay yeah so don't we get a portion of that for like four or five years like um, 120 thousand i mean i know it's i mean 
I, I I think it goes for four years, and I think the four years is up. Okay, but because but, remember, Chris Beard was the coach that yeah, year. But point being is, they brought. I mean, I know it's not a lot of money, at, but still, if it, if it's a hundred thousand per team, yeah, that's still not a. I mean, there's some inequities there. I mean, I know the. Uh, I think the college football playoff money does not go to UTA and Little Rock, but the ESPN money is split evenly for the TV that's contract. Correct. That's correct. So. But uh, so we're in the middle right now, and I, I don't know. I, I think we're going to save it for another time because we're running a little long, and we're trying to keep these to a certain length for everybody's enjoyment. But for right now, we're kind of in the middle. We're going to talk. We'll we'll spend another time talking, unless you want to talk Old Dominion. And well, Marshall. no. I what I what I'd like to do. Jeremy McLean is the athletic director at Southern Mississippi, and he was interviewed today, and he was asked. Okay, you're supposed to be coming in July 1st of 2023. And he, and, and he was asked, any chance you join early? And he said, absolutely. And he also spoke for Old Dominion and Marshall. Cause and they're, Marshall. Cause they're now, in the same conference. Now, James Madison has got the transition year they got to go through, so they're not going to be a part of anything in 2022. But I found out something I didn't know during the thing. They're all talking about you've got to you got to give up two years of revenue, which means a three million dollars that you got to pay as an exit fee. Well, if you leave next July, you only have to pay one year of exit uh, of exit fee or one year of uh, TV revenue, right. which is one point five million dollars. So you're going to save a million and a half dollars by leaving and joining the Sun Belt early. And my guess is, and I have no evidence of this okay but i'm guessing that the entry fee probably either got reduced or waived for these schools to come in so they're actually saving money if they jump a year early so i expect all three of them to all right so the people that i know which are some of the people you know uh from what i have been hearing and heard before even southern miss was announced that Southern Miss has been in talks anywhere from a year to eighteen months. This yeah. was not. This was not something this new. Was, this was not an all of a sudden thing. Yeah. No, no, they've been they've been trying to get in that the was probably going to happen yeah. whether Conference USA or our, or the American or Big Twelve. It it was, but they needed that second team. They needed something to even it all out. So they, and then all of a sudden, they, it, it they made it clear to the Sun Belt privately that they were ready to make a move. So and uh, so now they're making the move, but I think it's very interesting that we've been talking about 2023, and we're probably going to th see those three schools playing football in the Sun Belt next year. I love it. I mean, my my earliest remembrance of <laughs> of uh, Cajun football traveling was to Southern Miss with with Brett Favre and Brian Mitchell and things like that, and the same thing with the battles here when. Um, who was the quarterback for East Carolina that used that came here back in the day? Dante Cole, not Dante Cole. No, that was Central Florida. It yeah. was. Uh, um, oh my God, he went out. Jeff Blake. Jeff Blake, yeah. So a lot of those guys, I remember those guys coming in. So for me, it, it's not. I argue with some of our friends because they want to bring in, they want another team in because they think the history. And I'm like, why don't we just go back to the Southland? If you want them in, I said they bring nothing to the table. They're obnoxious, they're arrogant, 
and they they're going to sabotage you at every step they go. And I don't want to get into that tonight. I'm see what happens when you start drinking, Jay. I start getting obnoxious. So your thoughts here um, before we move on. This is a good bourbon. I don't I don't taste anything really distinctive in it. You know, it it doesn't have the honey of the old Forester. It doesn't have the late bite of the George Dickel. It's a good bourbon, but I but. I don't know what I'm tasting that I would call really distinctive about it. Uh, I think part of it is our taste buds have changed. Probably. Since we've, if since this were the first drink of the night, I'd probably notice something. You would, you'd notice something a little different, but I'll, I'll tell you right off what it is. It's a Wild Turkey 101. It's the new Wild Turkey 101 with the embossed bottle. It, it went from a five to six-year-old, and I hate to use the word blend because it's not a blend. But it's barrels blended together or mixed together is a better. It's 68-year-old bourbons that are mixed together to get to the 101 proof in, in that. It, but it's the old bottle was, uh, I think I want to say, five to seven years. The new bottle with the embossed uh, turkey on there is really is the one to look for. It, it, it Regular turkey, no. Embossed turkey, Absolutely. So, but it's Wild Turkey 101. Uh, and of course, we're doing this because Thanksgiving is coming up. Exactly. We had birthday bourbon for Jay's birthday. We're going to have to have, I always say that I like to have, I like to eat and drink turkey on we're, Thanksgiving. We're, <laughs> we're uh, and then we had the George Dickel because you are. Yes. And then we, and now we have the, the, the Wild Turkey. So, but uh, it's very interesting to try it again after years of not having it. I find it very smooth and very. No, it is smooth. It is smooth. Very different than what I expected, I guess. So that is uh, that is number three for the night, in which will be our last bourbon. We may have one drink of the, well, not the birthday bourbon, because there's very little left in that. And we'll probably be saving that for my birthday, which will be in uh, about a month and weeks, about six some, weeks. Yeah. Something like that. So we'll, we'll have to have another reason to drink. <laughs> And I'm sure at that point we'll probably be on the road somewhere. So, you know what? We won't be. Well, depending on when the Cajuns bowl game. Exactly. Is. Because basketball, there's nothing from the 20th to the 30th. Okay. Um, and of course, you know, I'll leave the 29th because basketball on the 30th is in Boone. Oh, um, good for you. I'm not going on that trip. But I get New Year's Eve in Myrtle Beach, so it's not oh. all that bad. Not all that bad. All right. Um, I remember. Uh, actually, I think we were driving back. Can I? A can, I can I? Say, can I? Can I say this? You can do whatever you want. Can I say this? Now, the podcast that you're about to be able to listen to the conversation we had with Doctor Maggard. It's about forty minutes, and there's a lot of stuff covered. And I hope you listen. You'll be able to find it uh, on Spotify. Um, and some other platforms as well as the Raging Cajun's website. It's Raging Cajun Connection, Jay Walker and Brian Maggard. Um, and I kind of alluded to it uh, in, in that podcast, but I'm going to say it here and now. I'm ready to go back to New Orleans for the bowl game. I'm ready to go back. It's been five years. Um and since you had that four-year run, it's been like seven years since then. And and by the way, 
since we're talking about the New Orleans Bowl and all the times we've been there, happy birthday to Mark Hudspeth today. Um, you know, he went, of course, he's at Gulf Shores High School coaching now. And they went 6-4 and four this year, the most wins they've had since they moved up to 5A about six years ago. They were just 2-8 and eight last year. And, and he, I texted him happy birthday, and he texted me that information. I said, and who's surprised? Not me. Um, but happy birthday to Coach Hud, who got us to those five New Orleans Bulls. Um, but I'm ready to go back there, especially if we have a good opponent to play. J.D. Byers told me that, um, a voice of the uh, uh, South Alabama Jaguars, told me that um, in my conversation with him that the school that HUD is coaching at has not been very successful no. at all, and it does not have a lot of good kids coming there and everything. So what HUD is doing there is pretty amazing. So they uh, so happy birthday to HUD. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm ready to go back to New Orleans. You know, I, now, if we, now, if we go back to Orlando, I'd be good with that too. Okay, because I had a good time with the mouse now. First, let me say this. Before before I say what I'm going to say, uh, I think bull predictions are Stupid. poppycock. Sure. That's all they are. They're bullshit. No one has a clue because most of these teams are putting here, there. But, uh, but I did see one that I would really enjoy. The Cajuns in New Orleans against Memphis. I know Memphis. I did, is, see, I did. I did see one that had Memphis. The one that I really liked had the Cajuns in a rematch with UTSA. UTSA. I'd be all about that. If they're both conference champs, I would. I would absolutely adore that. Quite honestly, I yep. mean, some are going to poo-poo it because it's a rematch. It's Conference USA. Blah blah blah. blah I don't blah. care. They're, I don't care either. You, if they go undefeated and we're if they're, and we're, if they're sitting there ranked seventeenth, sixteenth in the country, two top twenty-five teams in a bowl. Bring them on. Exactly. Bring them on. And I'm ready for those three days or so in New Orleans prior to the game. You know, we did it for four straight years. The last time we went, I think I just went in the night before because I had basketball or something. But, you know, after doing the, the, the three days in New Orleans for four years in a row, it got to be a little tedious, not to mention the fact that we drank too much. But um, No! But, but I, I'm ready to go back there. I'm ready for that concert the night before. I'm ready for 30,000 Cajun fans uh, in the city of New Orleans ready for a bowl game. I, I'm just ready for that to happen. I will tell you that uh, year two, we had, and I don't know if you did the game or Steve did the game, but year two, we were at Jackson State. I don't know if it was two days before or a day Steve did the game. Steve did it. I just remember that was the first time that I ever went through a metal detector at a college basketball <laughs> game. So, no, Steve. But the fans were awesome to me going and leaving the stadium. They were very nice. So don't don't take that the wrong way if, if anybody's from Jackson State. I had a really good time at the game. As soon as the game was over, I drove back to New Orleans because it's an uh, hour and 45 minutes, two hours from Jackson State to New Orleans. Checked in the hotel, and I was ready. So... I was ready. I was ready to buddy. I was ready. So My favorite, I think, was the second New Orleans Bowl against East Carolina. Now, obviously, the first one is one that we'll never yeah. forget, okay? San Diego State. But, but I'm not talking about the game itself. I'm just talking about the three-day bowl experience because the second New Orleans Bowl, we had the Beach Boys the night before. Yeah. And I just thought that was awesome. 
Well, I will tell you that the first New Orleans Bowl, we got there, I think, on the Friday night or whatever it was, and uh, ended up missing the parade that was like on Thursday night or whatever. And then because all the fans were talking about the good time they had, we went in a day early the next year to make sure that we made it for the parade and, and the second line and all that good stuff. And once again, we drank too much and had Lucky Dogs on Bourbon Street, which I found out afterwards by looking down at my shoe that had chili on it. So, but that's a whole nother story for another. You sure night. it was chili? <laughs> I'm hoping it was chili. It could have been something else. All right. All right. So we decided to have a, a a podcast where we talked about the Troy game coming up. Yes. And we didn't do it, but hey, we had a good time. We did. So we're going to save it for another time. I've got, uh, well, quickly. Your thoughts on the Troy game? Um, I think it's going to be a tough battle. They've got a great defensive line. They have a very good defensive line, and and I think I think two things. People aren't running the football against them. Okay? So this is going to have to be a game where I think Levi steps to the forefront because they're going to, there are going to be plays that can be made in the passing game for the Cajuns, I think. Here's the 11th commandment. Thou shalt protect thy quarterback. All right? You've got to keep Levi upright. This team has got 34 sacks on the year. They've got one dude who's already got 10 by himself. And the other thing is, thou shalt protect the football. They're plus eight in turnovers. They have 14 interceptions as a team. So here's the two things that Troy thrives on. They thrive on um, turning you over. And stopping the run and putting you in third and long and then getting after your quarterback. Both of those things are defensive things. Troy offensively, not a great running team. Gunnar Watson, if he plays, because we're, we're not sure that he's going to, um, is better at protecting the football because he hasn't thrown an interception. The other guy who was the starter for a while and is now the backup, has thrown six picks. But they're plus eight in turnover margin, and they've got 34 sacks as a team. Their defense, their their front seven, is probably the best front seven in the Sun Belt. On that, we're going to end. But before we do, I, I do want to mention one thing. Uh, happy birthday, Marine Corps. I know we've got some guys that are out there that are probably listening to you. And uh, the, from the Marine Corps and him, I did not know they had more than ver one verse. I knew the uh, from the halls of Montezuma. But uh, uh, the last verse goes like this. Never lost our nerves if the Army, well, I'm sorry, if the Army and Navy ever look on heaven's scenes, they will find the streets are guarded by United States Marines. Happy birthday, Marine Corps. From that, we're going to sign out. Here's a drink to you, Marine Corps. Happy birthday. Thank you for listening. We're talking. And thank you uh, for uh, all of you who serve Veterans Day tomorrow. Yes, sir. We'll talk more about that tonight with Dave. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it. Share it. Put it in your podcast. Broadcast it. Or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.